podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. It's great to have you with us again, tuning in online today. We're, as you well know, uh, well into our first uh, week now of uh, of the national lockdown here in England. And of course, it's not easy. These are tough times. Um, but what struck me this week particularly is our need to dig in, our need for resolve, to stand firm, to not give up. We've been told, haven't we? I'm sure you've all heard that there's light at the end of the tunnel. The train is approaching, as it were. And now then is not the time to give up. It's not the time to uh, look backwards. It's a time to look forwards and not to lose heart. I read a lovely article this week um, about Israel's escape from slavery which you can find in uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18, and so on from there. But they've been in captivity in Egypt for a long time. And God has raised up Moses in order to get Israel out of Egypt. And Israel, it's time for them at this stage, as we catch the story in Exodus 13. It's time for them to move out. Now Pharaoh wasn't too happy about that and he kicked and screamed for quite a while. In fact his stubbornness is still to play out in the latter verses that come on after what we're going to have a look at first off today. But he had to, he had no other choice but Pharaoh to yield to God's authority and God's power. Moses sets out then with Israel, with this new nation, this nation that's grown into what was just a handful of people, into a numerous nation. And God, at this point then, is now taking the lead as they step out into what is unfamiliar territory. We catch the story, as I say, in Exodus chapter 13. I've got my Bible here in front of me. So if you've got yours, turn to it. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Um, but Moses here now in Exodus 13, he leads the people out. But listen to this. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready for battle. It's interesting, isn't it? As you read that, you see, as God takes the lead, as God led them out of Egypt, he does something probably contrary to what anybody would have expected God to do. I like that God works like that. He does not work how we expect him to work. And that's a good thing because my expectations can be limited and God far exceeds my expectations all the time. And I'm sure it's the same for you. But did you hear how it's phrased? It said, God did not lead them on the road 
through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. And when you sit and ponder that, you sort of scratch your head a little bit and you say, well, what? why would you not take them the shortest route? Why would you not go the shortest route? If you're anything like me, when you type in the directions into a sat-nav, now some of you I'm sure are far better on the roads than I am, but I like to type things into my sat-nav, even if it's pretty close, because I get into a panic. Um, my wife can testify to this. We rehearsed when we had our uh, first child, Jack, and we were uh, living over in Sheffield. We rehearsed time after time how to get to the hospital because she knew I'd panic. The problem was that in my panic, when the time finally arrived and her waters broke and the hospital said, right, OK, now it's time to get yourself off to the hospital. We... Um, well, I couldn't remember where to go. Uh, I had no idea which way to turn off the estate, whether it was left or whether it was right. Completely baffled. So it's a good thing for me. I need a sat-nav, even for the most simplest of tasks. But here, God takes the lead. He takes the lead and he takes them not on the shortest route, but he takes them on the route that is going to enable them to continue on their journey. I like the shortest route. I'm sure you do too. But God said here, it says, for God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. A couple of things here then. Firstly, God takes his people clearly the long way round. He doesn't take them the shortest route, he takes them the long way round. That seems odd in its own right if you were to just isolate it as that. But we have to remember and we have to trust that God knows what he's doing. He's completely in control. Often we again put things in context of what we know and what we understand. But God works on a far bigger, wider plane of battle than that. He doesn't work on what we're confined by. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So therefore, he can work in lines that we don't even know or understand. Remember, he is he's the God of the exceedingly abundant, the God of the more. And here then, we see that he has got it in control. And he says, OK, I'm going to take you the long way round. He knows clearly their heart's position. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? Sometimes we feel perhaps stronger than we really are. Sometimes we get up on a, on a morning and we're ready to face the day and we think, I've got this. And we forget to put ourselves on our knees before God before we begin our day. But here we see that God's saying, okay, I know your heart, even though sometimes you don't know your heart. I know your heart. And in these moments that are tough, that are difficult, Israel, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you the long way around because the shortest route is not going to be good for you. You're not going to be able to handle the shortest route. You're not going to be able to um, find yourself in a good place in the shortest route. In fact, you need the long way around. You need to take the long way around. Sometimes slight resistance for us as Christians can result in us turning back to the things that we have been saved from. So with their fragile hearts, God takes them on a much longer journey. Secondly, then, in this point here of, of this account that we get in Exodus 13, as God makes the call for a longer walk, his decision is because he loves and he knows. It's not out of spite. 
And again, I'm not saying we do think like this, but sometimes in our subconscious, we can think God's punishing us. No, it's not that. It's that he knows us. He knows our heart. He knows what's best for us. And sometimes that means we have to go on that longer journey. His decision here is because he loves his children. He loves Israel and he knows. Though listen to what he knows that they do. He knows full well, as we read through the verses, that they change their minds and return to Egypt. God has rescued his people. He has raised up Moses, who he has sent in to tell Pharaoh, you need to let my people go. Eventually, Pharaoh yields. His people taste freedom. And straight away, God knows that their heart would be that as soon as they came up against any resistance, they would turn back and they would go back to what was familiar to them. Not that was better for them, but what was familiar to them. They'd return to captivity. They'd return to slavery, to forced labour, labor, to re uh, return to the whip. It's the oddest thing. But if we take our eyes off God, church, if we lose trust, if we lose faith and we doubt that he's in control, when the thermostat sometimes is just turned up those few degrees, we have a tendency to go back to our previous position. We have a tendency to find ourselves thinking it was better before, not because it was any better, but because it was familiar. Church, the word is telling us today that it doesn't mean that it's better to go back to what was. Rather, the long way round is taking us to a place where God is in control, where he's got it in hand. But we have to trust and we have to be faithful with what his word says. We now have to understand that as we are in what the word is calling us to today, that we're going to a place where God has rescued us from. We don't want to be turning back to that place. God has freed us from that position of slavery, freed us from sin as Christians, much like the Israelites had been freed from their captivity. So we as believers, as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been set free from sin and the slavery to sin. And God has freed us from that. But sometimes if we're not careful, it, it, we can find ourselves thinking, well, it's, it's easier to go back to that position where I was in sin, and, in sin and a slave to it, because that's easier than perhaps, well, sharing the gospel with friends or colleagues at work. That's easier than perhaps getting up on a Sunday and spending time in fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's easier to not do those things. So I'll just go back and revert to the old order of things. I'll go back into slavery. I'll put the chains back on. We forget, don't we? As the Israelites, as God knew, they would quickly forget when any kind of resistance came up. 
they would quickly forget and they would turn back to the chains. And God's saying, I've freed you from that. So I'm going to have to take you the long way around because your heart and your mind, they're not ready. But we have to trust. Our walk sometimes calls for a greater persistence. Our walk sometimes calls for a greater endurance. Things aren't always seemingly going to our plan. So as I've already said, we have to dig in. It's tough to know what we can do. I understand, like you, that we can find ourselves in these current times thinking, OK, I see what you're saying and I see what the word's saying here for the Israelites back in Exodus chapter 13. But what, what about me today? How can I do anything in these moments? You know, I, I'm, I'm not a, a doctor of medicine. I'm not going to get out there and find a vaccine. I'm not going to uh, be the person who brings that to, um, to fruition and allows that to be distributed in a safe, um, a safe way. I'm not the person who's going to be doing those things. Okay, so that's fine. So we say, well, what can we do? I can't do anything. All I can do is just go back to what I know. No. That's not what the word's drawing us to. What we have to do today in these moments is say, OK, God, what have you got for me to do? How can I best approach these coming days and weeks that I know aren't going to be easy? I'm already certain of that. We're going the long way round. I don't know what the reasons are, but you do, God. So, OK, I'm going to say, what do I need to do? Well, I believe there's a, a, a wonderful parable in Luke chapter 18 that allows us to put ourselves in a position today where we can say, oh God, okay, God, I see what you have got in store. So again, if you've got your Bible with you, Luke chapter 18, um, and it will be up on screen, verse one through eight. Jesus tells this parable, which simply, if you have never heard of what a parable is before, it's Jesus telling an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So something that we would experience on our day to day, something that people of this time would experience on a day to day, but it's got a heavenly meaning behind it. So Jesus is telling this story um, and he's doing that to enlighten his disciples, enlighten us today to a better way to think and to act in moments of difficulty. So Luke chapter 18 and simply then just verse 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. I could just halt there, couldn't I? Isn't that it? Let's just carry on. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. 
And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, these are challenging words. And as we see, remember this earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus tells this parable to show his disciples that they shouldn't and they must not give up. To pray, to keep on praying, to keep on asking, not to lose heart. To realise that God may just be taking them, may just be taking us the long way around. What we have to do, though, is as this parable challenges us to do, is to keep on keeping on, to keep praying, to keep coming to the Lord, to keep worshipping, to keep serving, to keep doing what we can do. Not focusing on what we can't do, but saying, OK, Lord, what can I do today? What can I do? And here then, in these moments, we get to realise that God is shaping us and helping us, preventing us from going back to our old life. To go in and slapping the chains back on, straight back into sin and the slavery of it. We've been freed from that, so do not go back. He says, listen, we have to keep pressing on, keep pushing forward. Do not think that God isn't listening. He is. We're all learning, I'm pretty sure, different lessons in this time. It's been a long old year, this 2020. But I would also argue that we are all learning quite similar lessons, although they may be in a different format. You see, because we are all quite similar, the key is... In all of it, whether we're learning different lessons or the same lessons or the same lessons but differently, the key is that we're learning. That's the prayer, isn't it? That we are actually learning in these times. We're not just letting these times pass by us just as a, an obstruction and a difficulty that once we're over that we'll just carry on as things were before. No, we, we've got lessons to learn and prayerfully we're learning them. The widow returns time after time to this cruel judge who cares little for anything but himself. Verse four, he finally, after just getting bored, essentially, he finally yields to the woman's plea. But it's not for the woman's sake. It is absolutely for his own. He's worried that if he doesn't do this thing for her, that eventually she might gain some power from somewhere and come and attack him. So rather than risk that, rather than risk his own skin, he said, OK, well, whatever, let's just do what you want and I can move on because you are annoying me. Jesus then takes to enlighten his disciples and you and I today to keep praying. He enlightens us to keep returning to God. Don't lose heart. Keep at the foot of the cross. Do not drift away from it. God is listening and is seeing to the matters at hand. Not just for our benefit, 
but for all who love him. The word is really clear on that. And you can find those verses in Romans. Um, you can have a look in Hebrews. God is working out for each of us because those of us who love him, God has his hand on our lives. He isn't out of control. He has it in hand. If the cruel judge then, who cares for nothing or no one, would do what this widow is asking for time after time, if the cruel judge would do that, how much more will God listen to his children who he loves and he cares for? How much more will God listen and act on behalf of his children who he loves and he cares for? But as Jesus finishes off, Will he find faith on the earth? We have to stick the course. We have to stay the path. We're not to get knocked off our perch. We're not to find ourselves returning back to those chains once again. No, we are to stay the path. We are to be faithful and we're to be courageous in times where courage is needed. Now is not the time to lose heart, church. Now is not the time to turn back. Now is not the time to think that God has forgotten us. Now is not the time for any of that. No, rather, now is the time to build upon our faith. Now is the time to keep our eyes fixed on him. Now is the time to continue to bring our prayers and our petitions to him because he is faithful. He has it in control. He is in control of all things. We may need this lesson. We may need to go the long way round, but do not think that God is not attentive. Do not think that God is not listening. Do not think that God isn't doing what is best for each and every one of us. Church, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for its encouragement. Father, I just ask that you would help us as we think on today that we will not give up. Father, that you would help us to stay strong. That you would help, help us to stand firm. And Father, you'd help us to continue to bring our prayers to you, our requests to you. And Father, when these things aren't answered in our time, we would know that your timing is better. We would understand that you know far better than we do. You know, Lord, all things. And we just ask that you would just strengthen us in that, encourage us in that. Help us to plant our feet firmly on that solid foundation. Not to be shaken, Lord, by all that's going off, but to know that you are in control. Bless us, Lord, I ask, as we just worship again now. Just be with us. Encourage us, we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.